like I said, last week we talked about honor. And so I was going to follow up with honor again this week, but we're taking a little detour. All right. We're going to take a little detour because as I was studying this week, I was at the gym. Uh, I forgot who I was listening to. It might have been uh, Dr. Hillier, uh, Pastor Hillier. And so, but anyway, as I was listening, I felt really compelled to share with you guys that uh, Habakkuk 2 and 3. And so we're going to uh, read that and then we're going to get into it tonight. Uh, it says, for the vision is yet for an important time, but at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come to pass. It, I mean, it will surely come. It will not tarry. In the Amplified Version, it says it this way. For the vision is yet for the appointed future time. It harries towards the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. Even though it delays, wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. It will not delay. And then the last one is the NASB version. Uh, and it reads this way. For the vision is yet for a point at time. It harries towards the goal. It will not fail. Though it delays, wait for it. For it will certainly come. It will not delay long. And so at first I had, to, on my notes, I got the title delayed but not denied. Look at, uh, type this, say, I will, I will I will wait for it. I will wait for it. Though it tarries, I will wait for it. And you know, throughout this year, Pastor Evan has given us a word. Pastor Sean has given us a word. And I looked for looked for the word that Pastor Sean gave us. I couldn't find it, but I found a note in my email that says, do not, basically she said, don't forget about the seemingly insignificant details that the Lord tells you to do because it would establish the next seven years of your life. And so there's been some details that God has told you to do. There have been some insignificant, seemingly insignificant things that God has asked you to do. And you're wondering why the vision that God has given you hasn't come to pass. You're wondering why the manifestation isn't here. And so what I want to talk about tonight is why are things delayed and what's holding up the process? Because when we talk about it, we'll come to find out that there's three reasons, basically, that three things that, that we encounter that could hinder the process. Number one, it could be God. Number two, it could be Satan. And number three, it could be you. And so as we talk tonight and as we progress through this, I want you to understand that every word that we've received this year, it is for you and it is a right now word. It isn't a 10 years from now word. It isn't a uh, five years from now word. It is a right now word. Making six digits is a right now. Making nine, if you already make six digits, doubling your salary is a right now word. Having more than enough, experiencing total life prosperity, those are all right now words. And so what I want to do is to share with you Partly, I'll share part of my journey as well on how you won't be denied. God has given you a word. You have a vision. What is that? It says, I'm reading uh, the word that Pastor Edwin gave us. He says, believe my words and watch as great ease shall come over you as you trust in me. So right now, you got a word that it will be easy. It'll be great ease as you partner with God. 
That's the word. He says, believe my words and watch as great ease come over you as you trust in me and let me walk with you. When we partner together, all of those things that have held you in bondage will be destroyed. And the thing about things holding you in bondage, bondage delays manifestation. And so what we got to understand as we move forward tonight, that I refuse to be delayed, right? I refuse to be denied. Why? Because the word of God cannot lie. He can't lie. So if he promised you something, it belongs to you. So we got to go after it. So as we talk about delay tonight, that word delay means to make late or slow. The word delay means to make late. So let's read that again. It says, for the vision is yet for a point in time. It carries towards the goal. It will not fail. Though it, though it may seem late or slow, wait for it. For it will certainly come. It will not be late or slow or long in coming. And so the, one of the things we want to talk about tonight is that sometimes we put unreasonable human expectations on something God told you you can have. And so we like, God says, you can have, a, you can be married or you can have this or you can have that. And you, instead of saying, okay, God, what's the plan of action? Because that's the number one thing I can expect when I'm in faith. You just jump out there and try to make it happen in your flesh. And so you have an unreasonable expectation for an outcome for something God promised that you're trying to achieve in your flesh. And that's one of the things that will delay you. And that word wait, as we talk tonight, that word wait isn't a passive wait. See, a lot of us, I went to the doctor the other day and I had to wait in the waiting room. In the waiting room, wasn't much happening. I was sitting in a seat. I was not active. But that word in the Hebrew doesn't mean the weight that we think, right? It, it means not to be passive. It means to be actively full of hope, anticipation, and trust in God. So when I am waiting on God, he says, wait, patience. That means be full of anticipation, be full of hope, be full of trust and know that I will definitely bring to pass the thing that I have said. And so as I wait for God, I am waiting in expectation. Like a pregnant woman, I am waiting knowing that I am going to give birth to something very soon. I am preparing rooms. I am buying clothes. I am getting everything ready. Why? Because I know what's coming. It, do you have that same expectation on the premises of God? Are you applying for jobs? Are you getting, are you out somewhere where you could be found by somebody? Because if you, all you do is ever stay in the house, how in the world are you going to find boo on your couch? How in the world are you going to find the next job if you never apply? How in the world are you going to move to the next city if you don't pack any boxes? So the lack of expectation is an indication that you don't trust God. You don't know a woman, I don't know of a woman that has been pregnant that didn't start preparing for a delivery of the promise. Are you preparing for the delivery of the promise? What are you doing? What has God instructed you to do? And what are you doing in alignment with to bring to pass the thing that God has said? And the thing that you got to understand is that though it tarries, wait for it. Abraham waited decades to have a son. Joseph waited over 13 years for his dream to come true. David waited years before he was crowned king. And we got to understand that even though God is God, and even though he has all ability, that we do live in this earth. And in this earth, 
we have some troubles and tribulations that God's word comes to pass, but we got to believe that word. And even in believing that word, sometimes it takes a little time to manifest the thing that God has said. And we'll talk about why. Why does it take that long? What happened? What happened to David? What happened to Joseph? What happened to Abraham? Why didn't the thing that God said happen instantly, right? Did God lie? Let's first establish that. God cannot lie. Go ahead and type that for me. Say, God cannot lie. And we'll go through that real quick. Numbers 23 and 19, because here's the first thing. God ain't going to lie to you. It's impossible for God to lie. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said that shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? So let's establish right off the bat, dear, Ivy, Nietzsche, God can't lie. So when I'm looking at the prophecy over here on the side of my desk, and he says um, that he will bring great ease to me, then that word came from Pastor Edwin, which came from God, which is now my word. And God is not going to, a man that he's going to lie. So I expect great ease in everything that I do. He says, no matter what comes in, comes my way, he says, remain in a place of great thankfulness and appreciation of the day. And in every situation, know this, I will show you the way. So that means that no matter what the economy does, no matter what my bank account looks like, no matter what's going on in my body, no matter my relationship, I can trust God that he'll show me the way. He'll be a lamp unto my feet. That's what the word says. Why? Because he's a God that he cannot lie. So just because it's taking a little time doesn't mean that God's lied to you. Sabrina, just because it's not manifesting as fast as you want to does not mean that God has lied to you. Cynthia, just because it doesn't look like what you thought it would look like on Wednesday, October the 18th, does not mean that God has lied. He cannot lie to you. Titus 1 and 2 says it this way, in hope of the eternal life, which God that can not lie. And then Hebrews 6 and 18, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to do what? Lie. We may have a strong constellation. So just because it's taking a little time, the enemy is going to make you think that he that, that God ain't hearing you. He's going to make you think that the promise is false. He wants you to be moved by what you see with your eyes. But by this, it is impossible for God to lie. Say, God, go ahead and type to say, God won't lie to me. God won't lie to me, right? He won't lie to me. He swore by himself, right? For him to lie means that he couldn't even exist. God won't lie to me. That means that every promise that he's ever told me, it is mine. And so what I got to do is find acts. God has spent enough time in the word to see, okay, God, why haven't I seen this in the earth already? And so let's really quickly talk about three reasons why things may be delayed. And once again, they may be delayed, but baby, you won't be denied. It may, it may tarry for a little while, but wait on it. It will surely come to pass. So number one, why do things, well, what's one reason things could be delayed? It could be delayed because of God. Now, hear me when I say this. God isn't 
purposely delaying things because he doesn't want you to enjoy them. God delays things for your own safety. See, in my example, all right, imagine you got three kids who got, who broke their toy. They broke a toy, right? Imagine it was your 16-year-old kid who broke a toy. They all had the same toy. The same toy was broken. And the 16-year-old, because of their maturity, I say, go in the kitchen, get the super glue, glue your toy back together, and fix it yourself, right? And then my 10-year-old broke a toy. And my 10-year-old, I said, hey, the glue, the super glue is in the cabinet. Go get it and wait for me to come help you. But when my five-year-old broke the toy, I said, I'm busy right now. Wait for me and I will fix it for you. And what you got to understand is if you're not careful, the five-year-old will be sitting there thinking, why can't I go get the glue? Because you're not ready yet. Because giving you super glue at five years old would do more damage to you than it would do good. And so the delay of having something fixed isn't that I didn't want it fixed. It's just that I didn't want you to get hurt in the process. And see, so many times we get upset with God because we really the five-year-old, even though we 50 in the natural. We really the five-year-old, even though we 45 in the natural. We're really the five-year-old, even though we've been going to church the last 15, 20 years. The amount of time you have spent in a church, the amount of time you have spent shouting, the number of times you've been dipped in water has nothing to do with it if you don't know and apply the word of God. And so what we got to understand is that delay sometime is there to grow us up. Well, show me in the word. Thank you for asking. James 1, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be part, natural, mature and complete, not lacking anything. This is how I always say it. Let patience have our perfect work so that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. But so many times we think because we've grown, we have an unwillingness to wait. And the unwillingness to wait often positions us in places of danger where God is trying to get us to grow up so that we may one day be able to make this decision on our own under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's why you need a pastor. The pastor helps you see the blind spots in life, but you don't want godly counsel. You don't want a tribe of people who walk after the spirit. You want to do what you want to do and find yourself always being delayed and godly manifestations simply because you won't let nobody grow you up. Go ahead and type this. Say, I'm coachable. I'm coachable. I embrace correction. Why? Because I understand that correction is an indication of love. That's why I tell my students all the time. I'm like, you think I want to take 30 minutes out my day when I could be doing administrative work to talk to you about your behavior and how you can do better? You think... I 
That ain't what I want to do, but I'm willing to do it for you because you're worth it. Correction takes my time in order to teach you how not to do it again. But when you're unwilling to be coachable, then you will experience a lot of delays because you run into the wall with no helmet on. You keep bumping your head. I got to embrace correction. I, my notes say it could be that God, God needs you to mature more to be able to manage what he has. Therefore, he provides opportunities for growth in order to get you to where you need to be. So sometimes growth looks like this. You're believing God for a $100,000 job. You currently make 40. And God says, I want you to tithe like you make 50. And you said, God, I can't afford to tithe like I make 50 because I make 40. But you're believing God for a $100,000 job. So what you're really telling God is, hey, I want what you have, but I am unwilling to do what you need me to do in order to get to where I want to be. And so your unwillingness delays manifestation of the promise. So what we got to understand that when God is involved, it's not necessarily anything to delay because he doesn't want us to have. It's oftentimes about safety, right? So we got to understand that God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. Second Peter 3, 8 and 9, it says, but not, do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Hallelujah. As some understand slowness, instead, he is patient with you. Why is he patient with you? Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He has given you an opportunity to change your mind. See, you got to understand that God is slow with you. He is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, that he is patient with you not wanting to perish. God often wants things to occur so that you can be saved. Here's what Pastor Edwin, and, I, and if I mess this up, Pastor Edwin, type it out for me. But Pastor Edwin always says this, don't take, God don't take me anywhere my character can't sustain me. And for many people, you want what God has for you, but you won't tithe off 40,000, but you want 100. You, you won't give anybody a ride in your Honda, but you want a, you want a Maybach. You won't, you won't give anybody, you won't buy anybody a hotel room right now with what you have, but you want more. And God has given you opportunities to grow up right? He's giving you opportunities to mature. He's giving you an opportunity to prove to yourself that you can trust him. But every time he gives you that opportunity to sow the seed, you don't comply. You don't obey. Therefore, you delay manifestation of the very thing you ask God for. But we got to understand that God's timing is the best time. All right? The old school saying, he may not come when you want him, but he what? Always on time. And you got to understand that there's many times, if you're not careful, that God will tell you, give you a word that establishes faith, right? Because we understand the faith uh, begins where the will of God is known. So you can get a word that establishes faith, but you never hang out with God long enough to get the plan of action. 
And so what happens is you get a word from God and then you strike out to bring the word of God to pass in your own flesh. And in your flesh, you like, it should take me three years to do this. God never told you that. First of all, faith is now. So by faith, I receive it when? Now. But in your flesh, you begin to put timelines on things and then you grow up, you grow uneasy and you grow weary because you're doing something God told you to do, right? You got a word that could establish the faith, but you didn't sit long enough, as Tanya said, to get the plan of action. So now you have burst out of your flesh trying to produce a promise of God and you grow uneasy, you grow uncomfortable, and you grow weary in well-doing because well-doing is not done from your spirit, man, but your fleshly man, which will grow tired. And so now you're putting time limits on something that God never promised you he was going to do in that time. That's just your flesh talking. That's your flesh to say you got to be married by 30. That's your flesh to say you got to have a baby by 36. That's your flesh that says you got to be 40 before you can have this type of job. That's your flesh that says that you got to have be out of your mama's house before you can buy your own house. That's your flesh. There is no limitation to anything godly. The only thing that has limits is things in the human, uh, human form. Y'all go to Psalms 119.96 and read it. Read it for yourself. I have seen that all things human have limits, right? So, but anyway, God's timing is perfect. He is not lying to us. So what's the second thing that may delay manifestation? Satan. Satan is the second thing. Delays can be caused because you are hindered by Satan. First Thessalonians 2, 17 through 18 reads like this. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you even I, Paul, once again, but Satan hindered us. We live in a world where Satan is the prince of this world, and there are things that he can hinder. But delay does not mean denial. And sometimes what you got to do, you got to stand flat-footed on the word of God and say that I'm willing to stand forever, and I understand that I won't have to stand for long. But for some of you, you'll put a time limit on your faith. I'm willing to believe God for the next 60 minutes that I'm going to get healed from diabetes. I'm going to get healed from blood pressure. Baby, you've ate your way like that all your life. And then all of a sudden, you expect this to show up right now. Now, is it possible? Absolutely. Because when I'm in faith, I can expect expect a miracle. But sometimes in that plan of action, it looks like stop eating pork. It looks like go walking. Well, I don't know about that. And so what you got to understand is some of the delays, which is, brings us to number three, you your own delay. We ain't going to spend a lot of time talking about Satan because he's overcome by the word. Number three, you in your own way. That's where we're going to spend our time tonight. You, why are things delayed? Because of your own self. You could be the cause of, of delays for various reasons. Now, obviously, when you create the delay, Satan is behind it, but let's not blame him for everything, right? We ain't finna sit on this live tonight and talk about the enemy, right? He's defeated. He's a defeated foe. What we're going to talk about is our own selves, how we get in our own ways. And it, because in most cases, we need to reevaluate 
reevaluate our lives to see what we've done to create a delay and manifestation of God's premises. Your adversary, the devil, will launch attacks against you. If that doesn't discourage you, then he'll use messengers to mock you for living by faith. And sometimes these messengers could look like relatives or what we define as well-meaning friends, right? People who love you and don't want you to get hurt said, I know the Lord said to buy that house, but you you know you and Davina now, y'all don't, y'all that that don't look like something y'all can afford. What you gonna do if mortgage rates go up again? What you gonna do? They well-meaning, they're out to protect you, but they ain't living by faith. That's what we call a well-meaning friend. And if you're that's why Pastor Evan told us what? You gotta tame your team. You got to surround yourself with people that if you come and say, and I'm going to say, I'll say, Coach Jones, uh, but uh, I mean, Coach Jones, Coach Vaughn, did, what did the Lord say? Did Coach, Coach Vaughn say, the Lord said that the house belongs to me. And I'm like, well, brother, I'm in faith with you. I'm in faith with you. I'm not going to be like, oh, you can't afford that. Oh, did you think about anything like that? Now, we may talk about those. So I'm like, okay, God told you this is your house. What's the plan of action? What did God give you? How how are you gonna how how's this gonna come to pass? Right? Those may be some questions I ask him as a brother in faith. But if he says that's what the Lord says, who am I to interfere with God? And so, so a lot of times. You allow what other people say. Some people say, don't take all of that. Why? What do you mean you don't drink alcohol? What do you mean you don't smoke weed? What do you mean you can't let me let me have some of your hydros? I mean, what do you what do you mean that I can't borrow the money? I know you got fifty thousand dollars in the bank. What do you mean? The Lord said. And the question is, sometimes are you going to do what God says or what are you going to do what your emotions telling you to do because they family because y'all been friends for decades how many poor decisions do people make to stay in poverty because they're always trying to play god or the rescue person in the lives of family and friends now i love family i love friends but i love god the most and if god says ralph don't you give them no money then i gotta be like hey not that i don't got it i can't help you this time but we know you and April worked at them jobs and y'all make nice money. And but I know we do, but I can't help you this time. See what you want, you want me to take the money and the light. You want me to take the life I get to enjoy based off the seeds that I've sown. Based off the tithing I've done, oh, I'm 40. I've been tithing, I know, since I, my first year of college, since I was 18. So I'm 22 years in. So you want me to take the money that I, the harvest I've gotten from the life that I've lived, committing to God and sowing and reaping, and now fund what you want and then have the audacity to get mad at me because I won't help you when I told you to do the same thing. And see, some of you are broke because you fail to trust God because you want to make your friends and your family happy instead of telling them no. And, and, and I, I mean, you got to be telling, I remember one time clearly, and I, I say it because I don't, I don't, I don't care. 
uh, bless my, I mean, my mom's going to be with the Lord now. But I remember one time I told my mama no. My mama wanted some money. And I said, mama, mm -mm, I can't give you no money. Because every time I give you money, you take the money I give you and you go support the habits of my little sister. And I'm like, as much as I love you, that is not something I can do because by, because you know we won't give you my little sister money. So vicariously, you come, you're trying to get money for her through me. So we can't do that. And so what you got to understand is that a lot of times moving forward, you got to make some tough decisions. And sometimes those tough decisions is telling people no, especially if you're a people pleaser, right? You want to you make people happy. Mm -mm, make God happy because in making God happy, all the other relationships line up. All right. So you got to get out your own way. So the enemy wants to persuade you to live by your senses and not by your faith. And one of the things he does is messing with your emotions. Why? Because it steals your focus. And in order to not delay manifestation, you got to stay focused. If you focus on contradicting information, right? It causes you to begin to lose sight of what God has told you. If God told you that healing belonged to you, but when you went to the doctor, he says the cancer isn't better. When you go to the doctor, he says your blood pressure isn't improving. When you go to the doctor, so the, 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 what the information you get isn't in line with what the Lord told you you can have. You got to choose what you're going to believe. Are you going to believe the facts that the doctor are saying, or are you going to believe the truth? Because the thing you got to understand is this, that the truth, the word of God changes facts every day. Because the fact was I grew up poor, but I'm not poor anymore. The fact was that I was diagnosed a diabetic, but I'm not a diabetic anymore. The fact was that, that statistics says I should be locked up, but I'm not locked up. The fact was that me and April shouldn't be married for 20 years, but here we are back baby, happier than we ever was. Those were some facts, but with the truth, everything changes. And so the thing that the enemy tries to do is to try to get you to play on your emotions. He tries to get you to cause you to be disinterested, right? With what God says by focusing on what's current, your current reality. Where you are right now doesn't matter, but what you believe does. Because at any moment, you know how many people go to bed tonight and will wake up tomorrow with a million dollar idea and manifest it? You know how many people that went to bed one night and woke up the next day a different way? That's possible. That's possible. So you got to avoid losing focus. How do we lose focus? Number one, disinterest. You become disinterested in what God said and of the vision he gave you. Then apathy, apathy sets in. So God gives you a vision and you get disinterested in the vision and your disinterest causes you to birth apathy. And when you step into apathy, you no longer care. You become passive. The very thing I told you with that word wait, when he said, though it tarries, wait on it. That word wait was not passive. That word wait was an active, enthusiastic joy and trust in God. So when you become passive, you're no longer actively believing God. Your disinterest kill, creates apathy that extinguishes all of your trust, your uh, energy, and causes you just to become passive. You yield to contradicting information. 
And when you're not interested in what God is saying and doing, then you begin to pursue your own desires and dreams and you become self-centered. All right. That's disinterest. Number two, discouragement. Number two, discouragement. You can get to the point where it looks like what God told you is never going to happen. I love Joshua 1 and 8, Joshua 1, because he tells us, don't be, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged because it's an indication that in this world, maybe there things may happen that may cause you not to believe. It may cause you not to have courage. It may cause you to think that God is a liar. But he says, don't be discouraged. Right. Why? Even though it, it, why? Because I can't lie. If I promise this to you, it's going to come to pass. It doesn't matter if it looks impossible. It was impossible to go into space until it happened. It was impossible to run a mile in under four minutes until it happened. It was impossible for anybody to uh, drive, a, I mean, create a car that ran off combustible, uh, a combustible engine until somebody happened. It's only impossible until somebody do it. And so there is nothing that's impossible to the man that believes. So don't let the enemy discourage you because it looks too taunting. It's not too big for God. Go ahead and type that. Say, it's not too big for God. It may be too big for you. It may be too big for Pastor Ralph. It may be too big for Pastor Strick or Pastor Sean. It may be too big for uh, Pastor Chris or Pastor uh, or Elder Valley, but it's not too big for God. So no matter how insurmountable, whatever you believe in God for may seem, it is not too big for God. Not too big for the God that parted the Red Sea. Not too big for the God that caused rivers of living water to flow in the desert. Not too big for the God that caused, a, uh, that caused uh, money to show up in a fish mouth. We got to understand that it is our job to understand the fourth dimension of faith fourth dimension, which is faith, is that there's nothing impossible to those that believe. There's nothing impossible for God. And so I can't become discouraged because it seems too big, because there's nothing too big for God. And I can't become dissatisfied because when you become dissatisfied with waiting for your due season, you desperately need a word from God. You just word chase. You just want everybody to give you a word. You want a word from this pastor. You want a word from this pastor. You just live off the word, but you ain't applying none of it. Everybody, listen. It, it's like having an umbrella, but not opening it, and you just outside getting rained on. Everybody could be provided an umbrella. Everybody could be provided that. Everybody could, I mean, you just, I mean, everybody, but you ain't opened it for protection. You're just sitting out there in the storm. And for so many people, that's what it is like. Picture a person in a storm with it pouring down raining and they have an umbrella in their hand, but they refuse to open it. That's what you look like when you don't apply the word. You got the word. Pastor Edwin and Pastor Shundon told us it is on the website. Visit www.focchurch.com. The words are there. The prophecies are there. You know what God has promised, but our lack of ability to apply the word of God has us looking crazy. I mean, how many of you guys are like, what's wrong with him? Why does he have an umbrella in his hand and it's pouring down raining and they refuse to open it? 
You come, you become dissatisfied. You ain't applied the word. You ain't applied it. You, you just want somebody to give you something that sounds good, but you don't want to do the work. You, you don't want to go in and read your word an hour a day. You don't want to fast. You don't want to take communion more often. You don't want to make sure that you go to every service. You don't want to come to the huddles once a month, even though you can go everywhere else. You don't, you want, you got kids that are disobedient and not listening. You won't make them get on Ignite. You won't make them get on uh, Victory Zone, but it's hard to hold people accountable to things you won't do yourself as a grown person. So here, your kids looking at you not go to church. Why, how, mama, how you gonna make me go? You don't go. Daddy, you don't go. Mama, why you want me to stop cussing? Because all you do is cuss us. But then you get mad when your kids cuss you back. See, you got to understand, understand that we, you are pastor of your own house. See, you want Pastor Edward and Pastor Strick to be great pastors, but you ain't pastoring your own house well. You ain't taking care of your own kids well. See, you want, you want them to identify when you need help, but have you identified when your own kids need help? Are you, are you as a husband, are you taking care of your family? As a wife, are you taking care of your family? Because you are the pastor of your house. You are the leader of your own house. And so before you criticize the pastor of the church, what you doing with your own house? So how do we avoid to lose focus? How do we stay? How do we avoid delay? We stay interested. We stay encouraged. We, we are satisfied by the word. And then number four, number four, what's something that can cause delay? Y'all already know it, disobedience. Anytime you are disobedient, it will delay manifestation of what God has for your life. When you, this is the one, this is the one for most people. You choose the way God wants to do it, and you you choose that the way God wants to do it isn't the best way. Uh, go ahead and type this. Say God's way is best. God's way is best. God's way is best. You got to align with the will of God. You got to align with the will of God. God's way is best. First John 5 and 14 says this. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, right? He hears us. Sometimes what we desire may not align with God's will. Ensuring our requests and expectations are in harmony with God's purpose and plan for our lives could mean waiting for alignment with his perfect will. Here's the thing that you got to understand. Just because you want it doesn't mean God's obligated to provide it. Your desire to want it does not mean God is obligated to provide it. All right. I am married to April. Another man could want April. And just because he wants April doesn't mean he can have April because April and I are an item, as the old folks say. We're going to be together till Jesus come back. And just because you desire somebody else's spouse doesn't obligate God to give you that because it doesn't line up with his word. And so what the thing you got to understand is this. Oftentimes you can find yourself in disobedience because you're asking for something God has not told you you can have. 
You want the relationship, but God told you to be whole in your singleness. And because you refuse to perfect your life in singleness, then you don't have a relationship. But what you think is like, oh, okay, God wants me to have a relationship. I'm going to go ahead and do what I need to do to have a relationship. And then you find yourself heartbroken. Then you find yourself giving pieces of what of yourself away to men and women uh, because you're wondering and then you're taking your brokenness into a relationship because you've been hurt so many times. So what God intended for it to be good in your life and God sent you a good man or God sent you a good woman, but because you were in all those broken relationships and you never got whole, you destroyed the good thing that God had for you because you brought all your garbage with you. You need to get healed first, boo. Be healed. Let God work it out. Let him mature you. Let's go back to the example. He, he like, you don't need to super glue call the relationship right now. Come on in here and sit on your daddy's lap and just let me love on you till you whole again. Let us do this together. But you like, I'm 45. I need a man. I need a woman. But you five in the spirit of God trying to sit with you to walk you through this. But you are unwilling and you grab that super glue yourself. And before you realize it, your hands are stuck together and you're in a worse situation than you started all because you thought you was grown enough. All because you thought you was grown enough. Your disobedience will cause delay in your life. And, and I'll tell you about my own personal life, all right? As we we had 51 minutes because I, I was diagnosed diabetic uh, I'm not sure, two years ago, maybe. It was sometime during COVID. Uh, I was at home where I had been walking. I was walking for my mental health and I was losing weight and everything. And I was just like, oh yeah. But I was like, mm, the weight I'm losing, I don't look right to myself. And so I'm, and then I was always thirsty. I was drinking over a gallon of water a day and I'm still thirsty. And then I was peeing all the time. I'm like, what in the world's going on? And April, April in the background, just being April, looking, observing. And she said, Raph, uh, you need to check your blood sugar. I checked my blood sugar and it wouldn't even read on the machine. So she's like, yeah, you need to go to the ER. And this is during COVID. So it's like going to the ER was like, oh, this big ordeal. So I went, I think my blood sugar was 500 and something. My A1C was like 17.6, which is absolutely horrible. Um, and so immediately they was like, go see your family. They gave me something to bring my blood sugar down and go see your family doctor. But while I was there, the Lord said, Ralph, don't, it's okay. He says, this is temporary. I was like, okay, God. And so I'm confessing, guys. I'm just, I'm telling my story. I'm confessing. This is temporary. This is temporary. All right, God, this is temporary. And so two years later, I'm like, God, I thought you said this was temporary. I'm like, what are we doing here, God? And I'll be honest with you. I got, I got disappointed. I was like, because I didn't see what God had said. I got discouraged and I just like, you know what? I'll pop this medicine. I'll eat me a slice of cake, right? I ain't talking about y'all. So y'all can just, yeah, I'm talking about me. I, I got, I got this interested. It was the, I'm just like, I just deal with it. 
This is my, my mama had diabetes. My grandma had diabetes. My brother got diagnosed with diabetes two weeks after I did. This is just something in our family. And before you realize it, you become apathetic. The Lord had given you a word, me a word about temporary, but I became apathetic, right? Acne set in. I was disinterested in what God said because I still wanted to go to Andy's and get me a shake every now and then. I still wanted to look fried chicken every now and then, right? I still wanted to eat some rolls from Texas. I'm talking about me. Some rolls from Texas Roadhouse with some honey butter every now and then. And so, but what I realized at some point, I was like, okay, God, what do we need to be doing? Because this ain't it. I want to hold my grandkids. I don't want to be having these issues. Uh, because of medicine I was taking, I realized I got foggy brains. And I was like, I couldn't think, I couldn't focus, blah, blah, blah. And, and my muscles seemed like they were getting uh, smaller. My testosterone was low. Didn't even know it. And then one of the side effects of the medicine is that it caused low testosterone. And so here me, I was like, okay, Lord, let me get it together. So I started lifting. I started walking. I started eating better. And I got my A1C down to like 5.9. And I was like, April, based on my research, the doctor's supposed to reduce my medicine. But they didn't. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you said this temporary. I said, let me, I got to get off this. I got to figure something out because the low testosterone, I don't like the way my muscles and my, and my inability to focus, I don't like this. And so I went to a doctor or tried to go to the doctor and I said, hey, I need some help. I said, I need to get this medicine managed so I can, I can focus. And they told me I was too healthy of a patient for them to see me. And for me, that was the icing on the cake. I said, forget all of this. I'm done. And Pastor Epshun sent me some, a link like a day or two later. And I've been vegan and I am off every medicine. I'm not taking anything. I got perfect got blood pressure. My A1C is gone down. I'm not doing anything but living a good life and I can focus. My attention, my ability to focus came back. Why? But hear me, guys. It was temporary two years ago. The only reason there was delay in the manifestation of my healing was because I decided to be disinterested. I decided to get discouraged. I decided to be dissatisfied. I decided to walk in disobedience. That was on me. And even now, I got to make sure that I still do those things. I don't always want to wake up at 4.45, 5 and get to the gym, but I know that walking and working out 30, 45 minutes in the day decreases my blood sugar throughout the day by 20 to 30 points. I don't always feel like not eating meat. I want to get me a piece of chicken every now and then when I see my kids eating chicken. But I got to understand what's required for me to maintain a manifestation of what God promised me. So I was delayed, but it was only because of my own disobedience. So God, so the moment I was pronounced diabetic, God told me it was temporary. Healing was there. Manifestation was there. The delay in manifestation was occurred, occurred because of my own inaction. So I ask you tonight, what has God told you that was temporary? What has God told you that was yours, but you're getting 
in your own way. You got to align to God's will. Your best life sometimes looks like you stopping. And God said, I'm just looking for somebody willing to be a generation changer. Because my kids won't ever have to be like, well, when they fill out that family history, now daddy's not diabetic, mama's not diabetic. Why? Because they will be able to, God said, I chose to be the one that broke the curse. The question is, will you be the one that blazes the twerk trail for the kingdom of God? Will you be the one that changes generations for your family? Will you be the first millionaire? Will you be the first person that, that's happily married for your entire life without divorce? Will you be the man that stays at home and doesn't go out and start a second family? Will you be that person? Will you be the one that goes to school and graduates? Will you be the one that uh, that comes against high blood pressure and say, "Nope, not anymore. I'm a, I'm a general. Hey, I'm breaking this. I'm breaking this." But the question is, which God is bigger, the God of cake, or the God of heaven, the God of pork chop, or the, in your stomach, or the God of heaven? Which one is your Lord? I don't know how you don't eat meat. I do. I want to be healed. Healing is more important than my stomach. And for if you're really true with yourself, a lot of us choose death every day by what we eat. And we wonder, and you're happy medicating yourself, not living your best life. Simply, I was listening to a TikTok or reading a book. I don't know. I don't know which one. But this, 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 this is for some of y'all. This is for some of y'all. And I, I, believe God, I believe God on this. You ate your way into your situation. You'll eat your way out of it. You ate your, you ate your way into your situation. You'll eat your way out of it. You running to everybody for help, but help is right there in front of you. Help is your two hands, not buying the Oreos when you go to Walmart. Help is your feet moving them down the street as you walk. You ain't your way into the situation. You can eat yourself out of it. You ain't big because your bones big. You big because your body big. And your body big because what you eat. And so you don't have to be delayed in that. All you got to do is trust God. All you got to do, because he, he is not a man that he'll lie. He's not a man that he'll lie. And so if we are honest. If I When I was honest with myself, I heard the word of God. I was saying the word of God, but I wasn't in faith because faith has corresponding action. And at that point in my time for being about two years ago, I had no corresponding action. I may do it for a little while, but not permanently. April may talk talk to me about something, and I will get she would get on my nerves, and I didn't want to talk to her. Like, stop talking to me. You, what the doctor said about your health? You go mind your own health. Leave mine alone. And see, sometimes you get offensive because people will begin to talk to you about your money. You don't want to hear nobody else talk about your money because you're like, I'm broke. I don't want to hear nothing else. 
that's that's just offense. It's just another wedge that the enemy uses to keep you from being coachable, to delay the manifestation of what God desires for your life. Delayed, but not denied. Though it tarries, I'll wait on it in full expectation. But for many of us, and I mean, it's important to me, uh, we can eat our ways to better life. We can eat our way because health is important. I mean, Steve Jobs had all the money in the world, but he couldn't buy he couldn't buy healing. He couldn't buy healing. You can have all the money in the world, but you can't buy favor. Those are things that come from God. So faith and trust must be established. Hebrews eleven six it says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He is, and He and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. I must trust God. I trust God more than my taste buds. I trust God more than my stomach. I trust God more than my, the economy. I trust God more than my bank account. I trust God more than my relationships. I trust God more than I do myself. I trust God more than the textbooks. I trust God more than the news reporters. I trust God. And when I choose to trust God, then everything else in my life lines up. I trust God if he says not right now. If I trust God if he says I'm too immature. I trust God if he says I need to grow up in my character. I trust God so I sold the $5. And then I get a job and I make more and I sold the $100. And I get the job and I make more and I sold the $1,000. And I get the job and I make more and I sold the $10,000. And I start the business and I make more and I sold the $100,000. Why? God has always given me an opportunity to grow up. And that's what you said, God. God, what's my opportunity to grow up today? He has always given you an opportunity to grow up. He has never, no matter how much word you know, how, no matter how developed your faith is, God is always going to stretch you to give you the opportunity to grow up and show more of him, to reflect his glory more and more in the earth. And so this is where we're going to end tonight. Manifestation is a form of harvest, and harvest always requires a seed. Manifestation is a form of harvest, and harvest requires a seed. And, and, and this was the example I got when I was at the gym the other day. He says, Ralph, imagine two farmers are provided the very same seed. Both farmers plant the seed in the same ground with the same nutrients. Farmer A goes out every day checking on his seed. Farmer B goes out every day checking on his seed. One month later, both plants look the same. Farmer A keeps going out and taking care of his seeds. He's weeding it. He's making sure the plant has a good place. Former B is like, man, that ain't growing fast enough. For the next three months, the plant doesn't grow at all. But what they don't understand is that the plant is growing a root system to support what's about to come next. So former A keeps going because why? He trusts he trust the seed. He trusts the process. He trusted, he trusted. Former B just says, oh, well, it ain't going fast enough. I, I, don't, I don't care about it. He just kind of throws 
throws it to the wind. And just as he does it, former AC plant takes off. Why? Because sometimes there are things happening that you can't see in the natural. That are happening in a spiritual and it's shaping the very thing that you need to sustain the weight of the glory God desires for your life. But your unwillingness to trust the process, your unwillingness to trust God, your unwillingness to remain steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, your unwillingness to not grow weary in well-doing causes you not to be able to produce the outcome that God desired because you couldn't see anything growing on top of the surface when it was growing underneath the surface surface so that it could sustain what God desires for it to grow out of. And don't be farmer B. Don't give up. We used to say this all the time. Something's always, something supernatural is always working on my behalf. Though I can't see it, something supernatural is always working on my behalf. Something supernatural is all, favor goes before me. I thank you, Lord. Something supernatural is always working on my behalf. And so many times you quit because you can't see an outcome in the earth when everything is orchestrating. The people you need for your company, they're moving to your area. The part, the, the, comp, the job that you desire, God is causing a company to come into the... I remember Pastor Edwin told the job about uh, one of his positions here that he got. He was believing God for a job and nobody had the job. And the company moved across the U.S. and started here in Arkansas. And it was a job to pass Edwin. God will move things for you, but you got to trust him more than you trust things with your eyes. Something supernatural is always working on my behalf. So manifestation is a form of harvest and that harvest always requires a seed. So here are five things I must do. I must do what the word requires. I must focus on the word and not on my senses. I must encourage myself in the word daily. I must stay in expectation. You got to see yourself where God told you you'll be. I got to see myself healed. I got to, and every time, I mean, when I don't feel like getting up in the morning, I see myself holding my grandkids, taking them on vacations while Aiden and Major and Ava get to spend time with their spouses. I want to be fully able to take care of my grandkids and don't need nobody, anybody's assistance while I'm doing it. And so you got to stay in expectation. You got to stay in expectation uh, of whatever it is that God told you. Six digit salary doubling your salary, a happy marriage, obedient kids, the house, the, the saving of the souls of the people in your family and your friends and on your uh, workplace. All of that, you got to stay in expectation regardless of what you see. And then number five, you can't grow weary. God will not lie. And I, God will not lie. And here's the thing, when you're willing to stand forever, you won't have to stand for long. When you're willing to stand forever, God, I'm going to trust you. I don't care what them doctors say when I go get blood tests. I don't care what, what, they, what they say when whatever happens. All I know is this. I am the healed of the Lord. And my healing manifests now. God, because I believe I'm the healed of the Lord, what do I need to do in the natural? If there's anything I need to do in the natural for me to manifest this healing, what's my plan of action? Thank you, Lord. I got a plan of action. What wisdom? 
God, I thank you that you give me wisdom, the appropriate application of your word. I thank you for favor with nutritionists. I thank you with favor with, with whoever I need to produce this. God, I thank you give me strength to endure it until change comes. So even when I grow weird, when I when I get to get weary and going to the gym, Lord, I thank you that I get I keep going. I thank you, Lord, that you'll strengthen my inner man. That when I want to eat the chicken and I want to eat the the cake, I want a milkshake. God, that you will help me understand and be able to to endure and part of the what it's easy to endure when you don't make it easy to sin you know what it'd be hard for me to eat drink a milkshake right now right because i don't got no ice cream and milk and all that in my house see sometimes the easiest way to obey god is make it hard to disobey god it's real easy to obey god when you make disobeying god hard god told you not to have sex and you don't have sex with two or three people block their numbers if God told you not to, uh, if God told you uh, to to not go to that a certain place, then don't go that route. If you like going to the Andes on on route A to the house, go route B, C, D, E, F, G. Don't go to A. Make being disobedient more difficult than sinning. Make being obedient to God easy. How do I do that? I eliminate things and I create barriers in my life that help making obedience easy. And when you do that, you, it, it makes it really easy not to grow weary. So that's the word for the night, God. Delay, guys, delay but not deny. I won't get in my own way because I ain't worried about Satan because he's already defeated foe, right? I use the word to defeat him. If God is delaying anything, it's not because he doesn't want me to have it. He just wants me to be safe. He wants to protect me. So it may need to be a fact I need to grow up in my character. Why? Why? Because I'm too broken to be in a relationship because whoever I come to be in a relationship right now, I'm probably going to break them. So God just wants me to grow up. He ain't trying to keep it from me. He's just trying to make sure I can enjoy it to the full, to it overflows when it comes in the right timing. I trust God's timing over my own. Y'all can end with that tonight. I trust God's timing over my own. All right. So if you're not a partner of FOC or if you're not connected to FOC, I encourage you to get connected. You can text FOCINT to 1-844-387-5122. It's in your uh it's in the chat. So text that number to stay connected. I love it because I get anytime FOC goes live, I get the text. I can click the text and go straight to Facebook or YouTube or whatever it is platform I use for the live services. So make sure you stay connected by going to F texting FOCINT to 1-844-387-5122. Also make sure you fill out the partnership link. If you've been coming to church and you like the word that you get here, you might as well be a partner. You can go to your local church and still be a partner at FOC. You can fill the partnership form out at focchurch.com uh, and just scroll down. It's in the middle of the page. All right, you guys already know it's time to give. At FOC, we have 100% tithers, right? And so we thank you for your generous, uh, we thank you for your generous gift and what you do to help make a difference all across this world. Your seed is making things happen for people everywhere, and so we appreciate that. Make sure that you're giving. Make sure as you, uh, as holiday seasons approach. Don't let the enemy cause you to steal what belongs to God, all right? So go ahead and make a decision now. I ain't taking my tithe to buy Christmas gifts because you know what? Them kids going to break them gifts and it ain't going to be any better off. 
But if you tithe, then the tithe comes with a promise of provision, comes with a promise of protection. So make sure that you make up in your mind and commit to be a tither. And I love it. The FOC has 100% tithers and 100% servers. You're right, Courtney Barnes. Every partner we have serves in our ministry in some capacity. You may be on the prayer team. You may be in the parking lot ministry. You may be on the uh, children's ministry or Ignite. You may be a greeter. Whatever you are, whatever percent of our partners are committed. And we call them partners because we are in this together to create, to cause a vision of God to come to pass. What's the vision? To teach people to walk in love, to live by faith and experience God's prosperity in every area of their lives. And so that, that's what we do all across the world. That's what we do. That's why we got partners all across the world. And so make sure if you're not plugged in, Pastor Evan told you you can get with him about getting plugged in. Uh, we need greeters. We need parking lot people. So find your place. There's a place for you at FOC. And if you don't know that place, get with one of us so that we can help you find your home. And that way you can get connected and teach people uh, and help bring the vision of this house to pass. All right. Those are our those are what we're going to announce for tonight. I love you guys. I appreciate everything you're doing. Don't forget about Snowy Cookie. Don't forget about the services that are coming up um, this week. Um, stay plugged in. I will see y'all Friday morning. Be blessed.